0: Okay guys, if you'll turn in your Bible, Luke chapter 1, we will be in verses 39 through 45 today. And the title of the message today is called, The Blessedness of the Spirit's Filling. The Blessedness of the Spirit's Filling. I would like you guys to think about, just in your own minds, about uh, just some of the Some of the times in your life where you were blessed with just really close, intimate fellowship with other believers. And just the feeling you get. Um, How how just in a a very... And I think we'll be able to see it more throughout the message. How God uses the fellowship that we have with other Christians to just... uh, It's a beautiful thing. You know, whenever you can be encouraged, you can be strengthened. Um, It brings such joy, this intimate, close fellowship that we have. Why? Because we we all possess the same Holy Spirit, right? We love the same Christ. We have the same Father. And so, there's something to that that hopefully you'll be able to see as we go throughout this message today. I want to share a few verses with you. Just real quickly, you don't have to turn to any of these. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together. So in other words, there's a there's a reason why God wants us together. Okay? And yes, I think this is primarily talking about the Lord's Day, but, but just getting together with your brothers and sisters. There's a reason to it because we stimulate one another. Do we not? It's a it's really a it's a supernatural thing that uh, that you can be because what we're going to see today guys uh, is first of all we read it in Ephesians a while ago that Shiloh read to us we're to be filled with the spirit and we're going to see in this text today that that there's a connection in being filled in the spirit and fellowship with other believers there really is uh, proverbs twenty seven seventeen iron sharpens iron iron so one man sharpens another. You guys ever experience that? You're just sharpened by your brothers and sisters. Just being together. Hearing their testimony. Hearing their struggles. Discussing the Word of God together. These type of things. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 Encourage one another and build up one another. And then the verse we read a while ago, we are, we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. Just remember guys, Being filled with the Spirit is not anything goofy or crazy or mystical. It's simply, we are filled with the Spirit when we submit to the Word of God. When we submit to Christ and submit to His Word, we are being filled with the Spirit of God. And and so a lot of times, I think the Spirit of God enhances that, increases that as we're with other believers, encouraging one another back and forth. And so the truth on your bulletin today, on your outline, if you'll look at it at the top, as <clears throat> I think we'll see this, I, I think we'll see this in the in the text today. The title is the blessedness of the Spirit's filling. And so the truth I think we're going to be able to take from the day is this: the filling of the Spirit produces joyful praises to Christ. I think we all know that when you're walking with Christ and you're being filled with the Spirit. In other words, your, your life's under the control of the Holy Spirit. He's leading you. It produces joyful praises to Christ and often results, okay? I put often. Often results from close communion within the body of Christ. So, hopefully you'll be able to maybe look at that statement here in about an hour and understand maybe more what I'm saying. That uh, I really do think that obviously we're to be filled with the Spirit of God. And I think God does that in a supernatural way, even more so as we gather together with the body of Christ and other believers. You just leave, right? You leave sometimes when you're around your brothers and sisters feeling refreshed. That's the way it should be anyway. Hopefully. So the filling of the Spirit produces joyful praises to Christ that we're going to clearly see and often results from close communion within the body of Christ. So I have a question for you that you can just chew on. How full are you? How full are you? Not just right now, but as you look at your life on a continuous basis. How full are you? How much are you experiencing joyful praises to Christ within your own heart and close communion within the body? So let's look at the text today, guys. In Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 40, this is going to be Mary's conversation with Elizabeth. Her greeting, Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through 45. And the Word of God says this, Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry, to the hill country, to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greetings, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she cried out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? For behold... When the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed that, were, that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Let me pray. Father, Lord, I, I, I just ask for your help, God. I ask for your help to, to preach your word faithfully, Lord. God, to preach it in a way, Father, where Your Holy Spirit can apply the application to our hearts and our lives, God. Lord, I just pray for extra help and assistance from Your Holy Spirit today. Lord, I ask that Christ would be glorified today, that His will would be fulfilled today, God, that Your will would be done. ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you're following along in your outline, the first point we see is in verses 39 and 40. We're going to to see Mary's departure and greeting. Mary's departure and greeting. Verse 39. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah. So what does it mean by... What what time is it talking about at this time? If you guys remember from last week and the preceding verses is where Gabriel told Mary how she was going to conceive. Right? He answered her question. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, overshadow you. In other words, just meaning this, this little baby is going to be formed directly from God, placed in your womb. And, and we talked about Mary's faith, how she had a really strong faith, a really strong commitment. Uh, we saw that in that language in verse 38. She referred to herself as a bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. She believed the promise. And then God in His grace even gave her this other, a little bit of extra encouragement in verse 36. Not only did He he tell her that, that, that it's going to be conceived by the Spirit, but He said, even your relative Elizabeth, you know the one who's barren? You know the one who's now elderly? She's pregnant. She's six months pregnant. So that's where we... That's where we were at last week. And then Mary's response in verse 38, Behold, the bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And then it says the angel departed. So at this time, now at this time, at verse 39, that just means, it really means immediately after the angel departed. You know, Gabriel did his job, and he departed. And so right after this, Mary basically, think of it as she dropped what she was doing, and she set out on a journey to go see Elizabeth. That's what this language means. Now at this time, Mary arose and went in a hurry. She went with haste to the hill country to a city of Judah. We talked about last week that His word was enough for Mary, right? May it be done to me according to your words. She believed. His word was enough, but, but in His grace, He did give her a sign. Elizabeth. Your, your relative Elizabeth is pregnant. And so we, we talked about that last week. It was just God's way of, of just His grace of saying, listen, I know this is a miracle, but it was a miracle just for Elizabeth to conceive. Somebody who's been barren their whole life and now is it. she's an elderly lady. And so that's what we have. And now Mary wanted to go see it. She wanted to go see her relative. This would have been a three or four day journey for her to an unknown city of Judah. The city's not not named. We just know that it's in the hill country. It's in a mountainous region. And so I believe that we see right off the bat, really just a continuation of verse 38 last week, we see her faith. We see a demonstration of Mary's faith, of her obedience, of her belief in God's promise. Think about this. Think about a, an angel appearing to you and in, 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 that would be big enough in and of itself, right? Like, you know, we think about having spiritual experiences, having an angel of God appear to you. But what we see here in her immediate departure, to take this three or four day journey to go see her relative, we see that God's promise didn't fade in her mind after Gabriel's departure. In other words, wow, I had this angel appear to me, but then it didn't really having an effect on her life. We see Mary continuing on, demonstrating her faith, demonstrating that she believed what the angel said. It's kind of like you and I, guys. Have you ever heard, maybe you've used, we've all used this kind of language, right? I mean, I mean, think of an angel appearing to you like it did Mary. We may say things like, man, that was a powerful sermon. Or, man, so and so, that he's a great speaker. Such a powerful speaker, or or that conference—you know—some experience you have. But the question I would ask all of us, when we have when we have something grand like this, whether we listen to a sermon that was very powerful—if you want to use that kind of language—is so what? Did did it affect you? Did did it did it strengthen your faith, or was it just a powerful sermon? Was it just a great conference? Was the guy just a great speaker? So an angel appeared to you. So what? It would be our question to Mary. But we see Mary with an immediate, an immediate departure, an immediate demonstration of her faith. We already know that she referred to herself as a bond slave of the Lord. And so she... Her, her, God's Word is enough for Mary. But beloved, are you not... Are you not uh, hold on, I, I kind of jumped ahead of myself right there. So so we see Mary departing. We see Mary departing. We see her departing immediately to go see Elizabeth. No doubt in greeting Elizabeth, guys. In her greeting to Elizabeth, she went to rejoice. She wanted to rejoice with her relative. Okay, that's one of the reasons when we ask, why did she go? She wanted to go to rejoice and and to strengthen her own faith. Right? The angel... Gave her this promise that her relative was now pregnant. So she wanted to go to encourage her relative. She wanted to go to strengthen her own faith. And so, Mary, much of what we talked about last week was God's word is enough for Mary. She believes God's word. But, beloved, and and that should be the same with you and I God's word, God's promises, that should always be enough. But are you not strengthened in your faith by when God answers prayers or when God pours out his blessing upon others? That's what we're going to see in this in this in this greeting that, that Mary has with her relative Elizabeth. you know we, that should that should strengthen us not just the word of God but whenever we see God's you know whenever, whenever we're praying together for one another and we see God maybe answer one another's prayer. I don't, know how, I don't know how intimate Mary was with Elizabeth as far as their desire to have children, their desire to conceive. But she wanted to go to encourage her relative, to rejoice with her, and to strengthen her own faith. And so that's what, that's what you and I can experience in the Christian life, guys, is that as we're walking this spiritual journey together, That you and I can be encouraged when God maybe answers the prayers of somebody else. Or maybe God blesses one of our brothers and sisters. We can be there to rejoice with them. We can be there to encourage them. And be strengthened in our own faith at the same time. And so, beloved, we see right off. That if you're not in fellowship with other Christians, some of these kind of things, you can miss it. Yeah, you can miss what's, what God's doing. You can miss being mutually encouraged. If we're, not, if we're just living this Christian life alone on an island, we're not going to be able to experience these type of things. And so what great fellowship this would have been between Mary and Elizabeth. And you know what's amazing about this guys? You can read this you can read an account like this, and if you forget really who these characters are, Elizabeth would have been what we call a senior citizen and Mary, a young teenage girl. And we see what great fellowship and what great encouragement they give one another. You know, that's a beautiful thing about the body of Christ. We don't have to have, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but we don't have to have people our own age to be mutually encouraged in Christ. I mean, these are two people that like some of the some of the people I've been closest to in my Christian life have been that of the older age because they have so much to share, there's so much to give, so much wisdom, so much time walking with the Lord, and so that's what we see here, this fellowship. Another thing that may have been going on in Mary's mind is that Elizabeth, guys, is perhaps the only one that she would be confident and being able to share this, what's going on with her, you know, this uh, being pregnant. You think, of, you think, we talked about that last week, guys. Remember what, the, remember what when we talked about her, her, her strong faith that she had without hesitation? And we think that her, right, being a virgin, and now she's pregnant. And the stigma that that would have brought... You're pregnant? You're a virgin? You haven't even been with Joseph yet. What would others think? What would Joseph think? We know that Joseph didn't believe her until the angel told Joseph what was going on. But in Mary's mind, Elizabeth may be the one person that she could share this with. You know, other, other people would have thought that she's just trying to cover up her adultery. You're pregnant? Can you imagine that? Just put yourself in Mary's shoes. You're a virgin and now you're pregnant? And you're going to share this crazy story that you're pregnant through an angel? It's really crazy if you think about it. (sighs) Because we know that even Joseph didn't even believe her until the angel told her what had happened. So this would have been an encouragement to Mary as we as we go throughout these these next few verses guys just think about the encouragement that it would have brought to Mary to be able to discuss this and to, and to see Elizabeth's reaction what we're going to see here in just a few moments and without Mary's visit guys without Mary's visit without Mary's greetings Elizabeth may have not been filled as she was with the Holy Spirit it all came. In Mary's greetings, we're going to see. We're going to look at that in just a minute. We're just trying to kind of set the set the scene a little bit. And so, beloved, can you see how fellowship—just how fellowship—is a means of grace? It's a means of God's grace. It really is. When we see that, when we understand that, we're not walking through this Christian life alone. And that when we when we see God answer prayers, when we hear how God is working in the hearts of our fellow brothers and sisters, it brings encouragement to us. Just like some of those verses I read. Iron sharpens iron. Encourage one another. We can't do these things if we're never with each other. Okay, that's, that's what we're seeing. It's that refreshment. Fellowship is a refreshment, guys, on, on our journey on that narrow road. It's a narrow road. He said there'd be few. He didn't say you'd be the only one. He just said there'd be few. And so that's what we're going to see. Mary and and Elizabeth mutually encouraging one another. And so the the question I have for you guys is is what kind of consistent communion and fellowship are you experiencing? Okay. And I know we all have challenges in our own lives to make that happen practically. But can I encourage you to seek to make that happen? To have consistent fellowship and true communion with other Christians. So secondly, what we're going to see is the filling of the Spirit. And this is going to be in verse 41 and 44. The filling of the Spirit. Verse 41, it says, When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, okay, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 44, For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, this is Elizabeth talking to Mary, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy.
1: So we're going to look at the filling of the
0: Spirit, and the first part we're going to look at is in verse 41 and 44. And it's the baby's joyful leaping, because we see that language in both 41 and 44. Now, this is not the common movement of a baby. (laughs) Kelsey. (laughs) (laughs) Any of y'all who have birthed children. So, obviously, I wouldn't know. But this is not simply a common movement of a baby. In verse 41, it says, it says the baby leaped in her womb. And then verse 44 gives us a little bit more insight. The baby leaped in my womb for joy. And so what was it a result of? Why did the baby leap? In both cases, look at this. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. In verse 44, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby leaped. So it was a result of Mary's greeting. Beloved, you remember last week, the title was called The Miraculous Conception. Right? And that's what it is. It's a miraculous conception. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, that this this body for the eternal Son of God was created and placed in Mary's womb. It's a miracle. You can't explain it. And so this is a this is in a sense the same thing. This is what you would call a miraculous supernatural reaction from a baby. That's what it is here. Guys, this is probably a fulfillment of what it says in verse 15. When the angel was talking to Zacharias about baby, about John, he says, He will be great beside the Lord and He will drink no wine or liquor and He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in the mother's womb. And so that's what this is. This is a life, even this little young life in Mary's womb, this is a life being controlled by the Spirit of God. Okay? That's what this is. This is supernatural. John MacArthur says this uh, just about the filling of the Spirit. Because it really is just this simple. The spirit, it, the, the filling of the Spirit means the Spirit taking control and affecting one's service to God by word or deed. That's what the filling of the Spirit is. It's just being under control of the Spirit of God where He affects one's service to God by what we say and what we do. And so that's what we're seeing. Even with... John, being six months old in the womb, we see this six month old baby in the womb leap for joy at the sound of Mary's greetings, and we're going to see why. John was moved by the power of the Spirit, by the inward witness of the Spirit. Through that, or through the, through the inward witness of the Spirit, he recognized guess what he recognized? The presence of Christ. That's what He recognized. That's what the Spirit leads us to do. To recognize Christ. And to glorify Him and to rejoice. That's what the baby was... It wasn't Mary as much as it was... who was in her womb. Who she was carrying. And so I know when you read this just right up the surface, it's kind of hard to believe. What? This baby leaping in the womb? But is it hard to believe, guys? Is it really hard to believe that this, that this baby being filled with the Spirit could react to Mary walking in the room? No, it's not hard to believe at all. When you, when you think about the ministry of the Spirit, like we looked at in John a few minutes ago, what He came to do, and you think about this, guys, if you find this hard to believe... Let me ask you this question. When and how, or, or maybe when and why, did you at a certain point in your life rejoice at the presence of Christ? Was it just because I just decided to one day? There's much more to it than that. I would say this, guys. And that goes for anybody. And obviously we can see it more maybe when a person is saved as an adult. You can see it more. But with any of us, guys, it's just as big of a miracle. It's just as supernatural. I would say even more so for somebody who has lived at enmity with God, hostility towards God, and rebellion towards God to now love Christ and to rejoice when we gather together with these strange people. Now some of us don't have anything in common with, but we have the greatest thing, and that's Jesus Christ. And don't we rejoice at the presence of Christ? That's all this is. It's a picture of the supernatural power of God through the Holy Spirit influencing this six-month-old fetus in the womb to leap for joy because He's here. That's what's going on. Only because of the inward witness of the Holy Spirit does do any of us love Christ, rejoice in Christ. Guys, no one seeks after God. Okay? No one. Without the grace of God, right? Changing our will to where now we're running towards Christ. That's what we see here. It's only because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to... uh, Listen to our, our 116 doctrinal statement on the Holy Spirit. This is part of it anyway. So under the, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit says this. His, meaning the Holy Spirit, His activity includes convicting the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. That's what we read about earlier, right? Glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things the Holy Spirit does. And transforming believers into the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit is the supernatural and sovereign agent in regeneration. It's only because of the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, guys, that any of us want to glorify Christ. He is the supernatural And sovereign agent of creation, baptizing all believers into the body of Christ. That's how we come into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in. This is not the water baptism, but this is the actual what the Spirit does. He places us in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit also indwells, sanctifies, instructs empowers them for service and seals them into the day of redemption. Just a few of the things the Holy Spirit does. I don't think we talk about those things enough in the church. But you hear that? He instructs. He instructs us. He reveals Christ to us. And that's what He was doing even with John here in in this story. It's a miracle, beloved. It's the miracle of regeneration produced by the Spirit that any of us are able to worship Christ and want to honor Christ, and any of us ever leap for joy for Jesus Christ. Because you know how the world responds to Jesus Christ, right? And you and I, at one point in our life, we were a part of that. Maybe we thought it was foolish, maybe we thought it was boring, maybe we thought it was, or we just detested it because of the light that, that Christ is, but we had a negative reaction to Christ until God transformed our life. And so that's what we see here. We see the baby leaping for joy. And it's at the presence of Christ. Secondly, we're going to see Elizabeth's humble praise and revelation. This is still under the filling of the Spirit. This is kind of what took place through the filling of the Spirit both in the baby's life and in now Elizabeth's life. In verses 42 and 43, we see Elizabeth's humble praise and revelation. All the result of being filled with the Spirit. Uh, so we see Elizabeth in, well, in the second part of verse 41. Let me read 41 again. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in a room, and then Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. So we see Elizabeth also being filled with the Spirit. And in verse 42, it says, And she cried out with a loud voice, and said, "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb." You know what this loud cry signifies, guys? It says she in verse forty-two. She cried out with a loud voice. You know what it signifies? Excitement. She's excited about Christ. She's excited about Mary, but we're going to see it's, it's because of who's in her womb. That's why she's excited. Guys, do you get excited about Jesus Christ? It's okay to get excited about Christ. And I say that like specifically to us. <laughs> it's okay to get excited. It's okay to get loud about excitement to Jesus Christ. We should get excited when we think about what Christ has done for us. We think about who He is. That we get the privilege of knowing Him. We should get excited, guys. This is not... This is not just some dead formal religion we go through. No, we are indwelt by the living God. And it's because of Jesus Christ. This divine revelation from the Spirit, so the revelation part of it, this divine revelation from the Spirit gave Elizabeth a knowledge of who is in Mary's womb. Because when you read that, think about how did she know this? It's through being filled with the Spirit. It gave her a knowledge of the character and the identity of the baby in Mary's womb. Both Elizabeth and John's rejoicing was because of one person, the presence of Christ. That's where the rejoicing... That's what the source of the rejoicing was. The presence of Christ. The presence of the Son of God In Mary's womb, brought this joy, brought this revelation, brought this just this this knowledge through the gifting of the Spirit. And beloved, this should be true. This is true of all Christians to some degree. To some degree. This rejoicing is going to be true in every Christian's heart to some degree. Some of us express it differently than others. But if there is no rejoicing in your heart about the person of Christ, examine your heart. Okay? He is the heart of everything. The heart of everything is Christ and in His, in His person and who He is. Do you leap for joy and rejoice by Christ's presence? By His person, who He is. <clears throat> This thinking about Christ and discussing Christ with others, does that bore you? Or does that that excite you? Does it bring joy to you to talk about who Christ is? Who is He? He is the eternal Son of God, is He not? He is the Creator of all things. And He has come into this world, the eternal Son of God, voluntarily came into this world and put on... Human flesh, He was given a body that we talked about last week. Obviously His work, right? Fulfilling the law of God, which we could never do. Living the perfect life, which we could never do. Becoming a curse on the cross in our place. Jesus Christ, the One who never sinned, was perfect in word, thought, and deed, became sin on the cross. Meaning He took our sin upon Himself. Meaning He was treated on the cross Think about your life, guys. Just your life. And He did it for all of those throughout all time who would believe. Think about your vile sins and God treated Christ as if he lived that life. And multiply that time millions and millions. That's what He did for you and I. Beloved, are you ever just overcome with joy thinking about Christ, what He has done for you? I have to admit, sometimes I am. Sometimes I just, it's hard to believe, it's hard to fathom that he would do that for me. He would do that for you, but he did. He did it, and it's finished. And then she makes this statement in verse 42 Elizabeth says, Blessed are you among women. <clears throat> blessed are you among women. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. Beloved, he's the source. He is the source and the reason of Mary's blessing, is what Elizabeth is saying. And what what that phrase means literally, just means the most blessed of all women. In other words, that that privilege that we were talking about the last several weeks, John the Baptist being privileged, the ministry he'd been given, Mary being privileged by being able to, to carry the Son of God in her womb, most blessed of women. In other words, the highest honor among mothers obviously would be to be the mother of the Messiah. That's what Elizabeth is saying. How blessed are you, most privileged. You know, in the same way, guys, you remember we talked about John's life. What a privilege that would be when it said he was, you know, he's the greatest. He's, he's been given the greatest ministry to, to, to usher in the Messiah. What a privilege ministry that is. What a privilege Mary had to to give birth to the man, Jesus, right? The Son of God. To the Messiah. In the same way, guys, it's a privilege to be able to preach His Gospel. And I don't say it just meaning in this context, what I'm doing. It's a privilege for any Christian to be able to tell another person what Jesus has done for them. So that you can find eternal life. There's no greater privilege than that. If there is, I would like to know. But there's no greater privilege. There's no greater privilege than a caretaker to come in Rocky and Angela's house to take care of Rocky, and yet they're trying to take care of her spiritually by telling her about Christ. That's the greatest privilege of all. But guys... As great a privilege as that is to be able to preach, that doesn't earn us eternal life, right? We don't earn anything by doing that. Just like Shiloh said, he didn't earn anything last night by preaching the gospel to those people. No, he's doing that out of the abundance of the flow of his heart because Christ has saved him. So whatever privilege God has given us in, in forms of ministry, that's not why we rejoice, right? We rejoice because our names are written in heaven. That's why you and I rejoice. And she says in verse 43, she says, now it has happened to me, or how has it happened to me, that the mother of my Lord would come to me. Right off we see see Elizabeth identifying who's in Mary's womb, recognizing His deity. That Lord, it's a phrase of deity right there. And it's very similar to, to David in Psalm 110, verse 1. Where he says, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It's the same type of confession. Let me read something that's very interesting about that, about that statement in Psalm 10. If you want to turn here, you can. If not, you can jot it down. It's Matthew 22, 41-44. Because it ties back into this, the Spirit of God. Just to try to, to try to emphasize what I'm saying about... This is all through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. How, how Elizabeth could say any of these things because she was filled with the Spirit. Matthew 22, verses 41-44 through 44 says this, Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. Now, He's going to quote Psalm 110, verses 1, that that section there. He asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is He? They said to Him, the Son of David. Right? Remember we talked about that a few weeks ago? Jesus said to them, it says He said to them, how does David in the Spirit call Him Lord? Saying, the Lord said to my Lord, "Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies beneath your feet." See, he's known. He's known as the son of David, right? But what he's asking is, then how does how does David, in the spirit, call him Lord? How does David recognize who he truly is? But I, I like how he uses that phrase, "in the spirit." It's by the spirit of God that David understand understood these things, it's, and I, and I, I shared that just to. Uh, to kind of go along with what we're we're seeing here, that's how Elizabeth was able to make this confession. My Lord. She recognizes His deity because she's filled with the Spirit of God. It's a supernatural thing. To kind of go along that, that same train of thought, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You understand what that means, right? It doesn't mean nobody has the ability to say those words. That's not what it means. But nobody has the ability to recognize who Jesus truly is. And I would say, and I would say, even on top of that, and then submit to him, then accept the Holy Spirit. So that's what we see here, guys. We, we just see her making a making her or we see her making a proper confession of who he is. My Lord. How has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me? We see this proper confession recognizing His deity. All of this, beloved, prophetic revelation is a result of being filled with the Spirit. As I thought about that, guys, before we move on to our next point, I, I think we need to be careful with that. Um... Be careful with that, guys. Of uh, thinking that man, people they have to agree with us on everything for us to accept them as a Christian. Let's be real careful about that, guys. <laughs> We've discussed that some about some of the people we meet on the streets. Sometimes it's hard to tell where they're at spiritually. But listen, if a person, if a person genuinely confesses, "Hey, Christ is Lord. He is the only way to heaven, and I trust in Him. I love Him, and I." I want to live for him and please him. They may be off on a lot of things, but we need to be real careful before we just like, yeah, they don't belong in our little clique because they they might be off here. We need to be real gracious. And an example of that is in Mark chapter nine, verse thirty-eight through forty-one. Mark nine thirty-eight through forty-one. John said to him. John said to Jesus, "Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name." And we tried to prevent Him because He was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not hinder Him, for there is no one who will perform a miracle in My name and be able soon afterward to speak evil of Me. For He who is not against us is for us. You see that? He had to correct the disciples. Guys, be careful. He's on our side. (laughs) So you and I, we can be really guilty of that. So when somebody is able to truly confess Christ as Lord and, 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 and you get a sense that, man, they have a proper understanding not only of who He is, but there's a love for Him. There's a willingness to follow Him. We need to be very patient and gracious. Okay? And that's, all, that's what discipleship's all about. To try to teach. But, uh, so in, in verse 43, another point I wanted to make out in that verse, guys, that's right there. It says, "How has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord would come to me?" That phrase, "mother of my Lord," guys, that is where the Roman Catholic Church get it wrong. They say Jesus or Mary is the mother of God. Okay, Mary is the mother of the human Jesus. That's who. That's who Mary is the mother of. She's not the mother of the of his eternal divine nature, right? And there's a difference. Because that's, they elevate Mary and say, Mary's the mother of God. Mary's the mother of the man, Jesus. The one that was born of a woman. So that's real important to understand that. And another thought, you wonder, you wonder, because it says she, he, she entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And you wonder, did, did Zacharias hear any of this? Say we, we know that he was mute, Right? Remember we talked about that? We know he was mute, couldn't talk until these things are fulfilled. After John's born, after circumcision, he'll get his speech back. But you remember when I said that there was a strong possibility that he's also deaf in verse 62? Because when, when John is born, in verse 62 it says, they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called. So there's also maybe an insinuation that he, he can't speak or hear. But, but if he could hear... If he, if he heard any of this going on, what a rebuke this would be to his unbelief. just have to think about those things, you know? These are real people, real conversation. What would he have been thinking? But I think something that's very important, guys, is that, or that we see in verse 43, is we see the lack of superiority on Elizabeth's part. This is real important. And how has it happened to me, Elizabeth says, that the mother of my Lord would come to me. We have to remember who Elizabeth was. She was an elderly lady, right? She had been walking with the Lord for many years. We talked the text talked about how she was righteous. She was the wife of a priest. Okay? And and much older than Mary. Mary was a young teenage girl. And now she's carrying the Messiah. But what do we see with Elizabeth? We see that there is no jealousy. We see that there is no envy. We see that she responds in humility. Very important, guys, that you and I can learn from this. There was no envy from Elizabeth towards Mary for her being the the one who carried the Messiah. And why is this, guys? I think it's very simple because Elizabeth loved Mary. 1 Corinthians 13:4 Love is patient. Love is kind and love is not jealous. And so we can learn a great deal about the way Elizabeth responded to Mary. Because Elizabeth was blessed, was she not? She was carrying the the forerunner of the Messiah. She was carrying John the Baptist. That's, That's a blessing in and of itself. Very high privilege. But in humility and i would say as a result of being filled with the spirit she humbly recognized mary's blessing now think about that guys can you do that do you and i do that do you rejoice if someone else over someone else's blessing okay now 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 think about it make it make it personal what if it feels like you've been overlooked Whatever area of life it is. But maybe you've been doing whatever it is you've been doing for a longer period of time, and God in His grace, right? Remember John the Baptist said, "Nothing, none of this stuff is possible unless it's given by God, right? My ministry, anything good about me. So what if God in His grace chooses to elevate, to... uh, Give a platform, if you say, to, 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 a, to another brother or sister of yours, and they receive the, the blessing. They receive the, the praise from men. Can you and I just rejoice in that be happy for them, like Elizabeth is? Or do we get envious? These are all kind of heart searching questions. But we see Mary, or we see Elizabeth, just in her, her humility, just responding and. Yeah, she, she's happy for Mary. But on the flip side of that, okay, there's a flip side of that. She doesn't give her too much praise. Okay? There's a flip side of that. Oh goodness, you're carrying the Messiah, and this becomes idol worship. Obviously, we know a whole religion. But even aside from Roman Catholicism, I'm I'm not even referring to that. I think about just the whole Christian celebrity idolatry worship that, that people have. They get infatuated with a certain man uh, and it becomes idolatry. And so you and I need to be, we need to find that just that balance. And being able to rejoice at the way God has gifted or blessed somebody else and not be envious of that, but at the same time not fall into idolatry and, and, and make it all about the person rather than Christ. Does that make sense? Okay. And then lastly, guys, we're going to see our Lord's faithfulness. Verse 45. Our Lord's faithfulness. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. If you have a NAS or a ESV, you're going to see that word that. And blessed is she who believed that. There would be a fulfillment. That's what I that's what I'm reading out of the New American Standard. But that word can have different a different meaning to it. That word can mean for or because or since. And, and so the New King James and the King James have, I think, for. And I think. I think that's the better, the better rendering of this verse. In other words, listen, listen to how it would differ. Blessed is she who believed for there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken by the Lord. Rather than just blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment. I think the blessing is coming, she is blessed because there will be a fulfillment. In other words, it, 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 it puts more the emphasis on that Elizabeth is confirming that the fulfillment will indeed happen. Will indeed happen. Not simply that Mary believed it would. That makes sense. Does that make sense? And I think that, I think we can see that just in when we think about the nature of of God and the nature of how he how we are blessed. Beloved, you and I are blessed when we believe God's promises. talking about His promises in His Word because His promises are true. That's where the blessing comes at. It's believing in something that is true. In this case, I think the correct rendering would be and blessed is she who believed since or because there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. In other words, we see our Lord's faithfulness. We see our Lord's faithfulness to fulfill the promises He has made. And that's why we're blessed, guys. His, in our case, most of, most of it is believe in His promises that have already been fulfilled. Some of them still await to be fulfilled in His return. But we are blessed because we believe in what? The truth. We're not blessed just just because we have faith, in other words. Faith in what? Faith in the truth of God's Word. That's where the blessing comes from. from. And beloved, they rejoiced at His conception, right? That's what we've been seeing in this. In this text, that, that, that Elizabeth rejoiced at His conception. But we... Think about all the things that we can rejoice in. Yes, we rejoice in His conception, but we can look back and rejoice in in His cross. We can rejoice in His resurrection. We can rejoice in the promise of His return, His ascension. We are blessed, again, because we believe in all of these truths that have been fulfilled and that some yet wait to be fulfilled. But it's not faith in faith Mary's not blessed just because she believed. It's because what she believed will be fulfilled. You've heard it said, right? We're not, we don't have faith in faith. It's the object of our faith. That's what's important. Our faith is only as strong as the object that we're putting our faith into, right? Because you hear that a lot. Well, I just believe, okay? And, and people think, well, I'm blessed because I believe. What is it that you believe? I remember years ago, dialoguing with a Thunder player by the clubs. And I, just, I didn't pretend like I knew who he was, but I, I don't remember what my, what my original question was, but he, kept, he just kept saying, I'm blessed. And I'm blessed. <laughs> I was, and I was like, why are you blessed? But it's, that, it's just that faith in faith. Gotta have faith. Gotta believe. You and I are not blessed just because we believe. You and I are blessed because we believe in Christ. And what He has done on the cross, we believe in His resurrection. We believe that He's coming back. That's why you and I are blessed. It's the same thing with Mary. I believe in this, that blessed is she who believed because there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. She can believe all she wants, but if she's not believing in absolute truth, it's going to be fulfilled. Because we know God will fulfill it. He's not a liar. So I think that's where the blessing comes from, guys. Mary was greatly blessed because what she believed was the truth. Just leave it at that. She believed in the truth. You and I are blessed by God when we believe the truth. Amen? So are you believing the truth? Have you believed the truth? Have you trusted in Christ alone for the salvation of your sins? And the way, you can, the way you can answer that question with a resounding yes is you, you will still be trusting in Christ alone. Not in your good works. Not in your good efforts. Not in being religious. No Christ in Him alone. Right? We, we, just, we, we say it over and over and over. The evidence that we believe is that we keep on believing. The evidence that we have repented at one time in the past is that we keep on repenting. And beloved, if you are if you are believing the truth, it just gets back to what we've been talking about today. It's only because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Right? He's the one who opens our eyes. He is the one who points us to the truth. Not just some vague truth, but to who? Christ Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit's ministry. He does that. And we'll just close with this verse here, guys. Philippians 1, six. The reason... Any of us has has believed the truth. The reason any of us have 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 come into the the faith, faith in Christ, is because of God, His work in the Holy Spirit. So Philippians one six. This promise, guys, that I just want to give to you for you to take is to remember: He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a good place to end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for that that truth, Lord, that we didn't conjure up our faith. It was a gift given from You. A work of Your Spirit opening our blind eyes, Lord, when we were going in the other direction. And Lord, we had no love for You. Father, but we know that now we can say we love, we love Christ only because He first loved us. And Father, I just thank You for that, Lord. I thank You for just all of the reminders in this, this few short passages, Lord, about the ministry of Your Holy Spirit, the, the blessedness of fellowship with other believers. Lord, how You use our fellowship together, Lord, to spur us on and to further fill us with Your Spirit. Lord, that we rejoice in our, in our relationship with Christ with one another. Father, You've given us the church. You've given us Your Holy Spirit. You've given us our salvation. And Lord, we just worship You today. We thank You for all of these truths, Lord. God, we love You and we praise You. In Christ's name, Amen.